0: Welcome to Sane Split, a podcast about staying sane when relationships end. I am AJ Jakubowska, family law lawyer and mediator. Just like you, I'm human. I understand what can happen when people separate. Lots of questions swirling around like confetti, lots of uncertainty, perhaps anger, disappointment, or even pain, sleepless nights, shallow breathing, Will I ever be happy again? Will the kids be okay? How much is all this going to cost? All of these questions are human and you're not alone. This podcast features my thoughts about separation and my interviews with other humans who help people when their relationships end. People who assist with legal issues, who mediate, who look after hearts and minds, and even after the pocketbook people who might help you plan your future. What you will hear is not legal advice. These are dialogues primarily about the human aspect of separation. We will try to stay away from legal lingo. It's humans talking to humans. I hope that something you hear will help you navigate your way to a saint's split. Welcome and thanks for tuning in. Today, I'm going to share with you my thoughts about mediation at the later stages of a case. When I'm asked questions about family mediation, and such questions always make me very happy because any interest in mediation is a good thing as far as I'm concerned. When people have questions sometimes those inquiries suggest to me that people think there is only one point in the case where mediation can be useful and in fact possible and that is the very beginning so in this hypothetical scenario parties separate and then they go to mediation they either settle there or not and if they don't they go to court and can never consider mediation again. Or they do not try mediation at all and go straight to court. Many people think once court starts, mediation is no longer an option, almost like a door shutting. But that is not actually the case, and I want to make this point strongly in this episode and provide you with some further explanation with practical examples. In fact, family mediation is available at every step of a family law case. Before I go on to explain, I need to make an important caveat. For the purposes of this episode, we're going to assume that the case The particular case we are going to use as a hypothetical. The one between fictional Ali and fictional Namira is actually suitable for mediation. There are no impediments, no power imbalance, no family violence which might create a situation where the parties are coming to the negotiating table at mediation from positions of Imbalance with one party unable to truly freely participate in the discussions in a fair and balanced way. Those are examples of circumstances which might make a case unsuitable for mediation, and screening for power imbalance is designed precisely to determine whether there are any such problems, impediments. Screening is, from my perspective, absolutely crucial, and I have addressed this issue in previous episodes. In our hypothetical, and for the purposes of this show, there are no such impediments. Let's get to know the parties whose case we are going to work with to illustrate some important points about family mediation, Ali and Namira are married for 14 years. They both work. They have two kids, aged 12 and 9. They own a home and a vacation property in Arizona. They drift apart, and over time, they develop their own interests, their own separate friends, not an uncommon situation. They decide together that their marriage is over. They want to remain friends, including for the sake of the children, but recognize they no longer want to be married to one another. They consider mediation because they have both read about it, and they think it might assist them in resolving all of the issues they need to tackle, the kids' arrangements, the house, the property in Arizona, and so on. At this point, they can walk through one of two doors, door A, to try mediation right away. And if they're successful in that process through dialogue, if they are able to resolve everything and then sign up a separation agreement with advice from their own lawyers before they sign off, they are done. And this is where many, many people think family mediation fits in at the very beginning of the case and at no other place, no other time on the timeline of a classic family law case. But that is not actually correct. Let's consider door B and carry on with our hypothetical. Ali and Namira do not choose family mediation at the very start. In fact, early on, they run into some difficulties. As it turns out, they have different plans for the children's residential arrangements. Namira believes the kids should live with her most of the time and see Ali on weekends and once a week for dinner. Ali is of the view that children should live with both parents based on a week-on, week-off schedule. They retain lawyers, and there is an early skirmish in the case around the children's residential arrangements. So much so that Namira's lawyer starts a court case. In the meantime, Ali finds some paperwork at the house where they continue to live after the separation. Yes, it's possible to be separated and still live in the same house. He finds some paperwork which suggests to him that Namira may have a bank account in Arizona into which she has been depositing some money from time to time rather than using it for the household ali tells his lawyer namira has never mentioned this account to him and he's worried she will not disclose it in the court case she will keep the money for herself essentially hide it so now the case takes on a new quality so to speak from two people who had amicably decided to end the marriage because they had grown apart. We have a case of two people who have potentially serious issues, including different visions of where the kids will live and some growing issues around trust, disclosure, allegations around a possibility of a hidden bank account. So, The court case is becoming more complicated. Ali and Namira attend a case conference, which is normally and generally speaking the first meeting with a family court judge. And there are exceptions here in unique circumstances about which you should speak with your lawyer. But in our hypothetical, they attend a case conference. The judge explores the issues with them, expresses views on those issues, makes some recommendations. Ali and Namira get to hear from the case conference judge how family court might deal with their issues going forward. The children's residential arrangements, the issue of the Bank account and other issues in their case. Importantly, they also find out how expensive going to court can be and that it involves delays because a typical family court case has built into it a series of steps, including hearings, which need to be scheduled, and that scheduling the actual dates depend on the availability of the court and also both lawyers. And in some jurisdictions, in some court areas, so to speak, those delays can be considerable. And having worked in this system for 26 years, I can tell you there are complex reasons for these delays. Family court judges and court staff work very, very hard. They really do So the bottom line is that delays are a reality for complex reasons. And Ali and Namira realized that after waiting for the case conference for three months. Having heard the judges' recommendations and comments, they are now thinking what to do next. And guess what? Mediation is still an option. In fact it was an option at all times, even before they went to the case conference, but after the court case started. So during that three-month period, while they were waiting for the case conference, they could have tried mediation. Perhaps each party needed to hear from a family court judge how family court might approach their issues, how each of them might do before family court if they took their positions on the kid's residence and the other issues to a judge, to make a decision about, to make a court order. So a mediation before the case conference might not have had the same chances of success s1 after the case conference after they got to hear the judge's views but technically attending at family mediation was an option to try to see if the expense of the case conference could have been avoided let's carry on with our hypothetical ali and namira do not go to family mediation after the case conference in fact Ali brings a motion. This is a hearing at which one of the parties, or both, ask the court to make an order based on something they're requesting. Each side provides evidence to the court, usually in writing, and the court makes a decision. At his motion, Ali asks the court to make an order that the children live with him one half of the time while the case rolls on and possibly heads for trial. Expensive court materials have to be drafted for the motion, and of course, Namira has a chance to respond, and she makes claims of her own in the motion, asks the court to make orders in her favor as well. The motion is scheduled for a date two months away. Is it too late to try mediation? Absolutely not. I have mediated cases in which an actual motion date was on the calendar, where parties knew that a motion would be the next step in the case if they did not settle. So again, Ali and Namira have the option of going to mediation to try and resolve the issues which are the subject matter of the motions. In this instance, where the children will live. Or even take a stab at settling all of the issues in the case. Many people approach mediation in stages. In this case, for example, Namira and Ali might give mediation a try on the basis that it will tackle only the kid's residential issue. That will be the start. And let's say that issue is resolved in mediation. They're able to cancel the motion date. By this point, they have developed more confidence in the mediation process, in the concept of mediation itself. They can see the mediator is able to help them communicate. In mediation, they get a chance to express their views, their feelings, have an actual dialogue with the other side. It's not always easy. And sometimes in the first mediation session, the mediator has to engage in what we call shuttle diplomacy, meaning move from room to room to actually help the parties negotiate. But over time, wrinkles are smoothed out, so to speak, and they're able to negotiate with their lawyers present by being in the same space, in their case, a Zoom virtual space at the same time. So after they settle the issues for their motion, they develop more confidence in the process and ask the mediator to tackle the rest of the issues for them. And they settle them all. No more family court. The Hypothetical case of Ali and Namira demonstrates that family mediation is an option even after a family court case starts and as it progresses. In fact, family court judges will now be increasingly vocal about the importance of trying mediation to resolve the issues at all points in the court case. It's never too late. I mean, if you're on the trial list waiting for your trial to start, your lawyer's waiting for that call from the court staff that your trial starts on Monday and it's Friday, trying mediation at that point would be more difficult because delaying the trial at that point may not be possible. But it's not unheard of you might have heard the expression that some trials settle on the steps of the courthouse or the night before trial. It's actually true. And negotiations, efforts at settlement should continue until the very last minute. And there are mediators who would be prepared to assist even right before trial. So it's never too late, really. Ali and... Namira have mediation available to them as an option at all times before the court case starts and while it continues. And this is an important point I would like to clarify. Family mediation does not have to be an either-or proposition, meaning it's either mediation or court. Those two tracks those methods of addressing the issues arising out of the separation can proceed parallel to one another. And I tried to illustrate that when I talked about the motion. Ali and Namira waiting for two months for the hearing of their motion, a decision from a judge on the children's residential arrangements. If they're going to give mediation a try to see if they can work out where the children will live through dialogue with the help of a mediator. While they do that, they're not cancelling their motion date. That remains on the calendar. They do cancel the date if they are able to resolve the issues in mediation because they no longer need the motion. And this applies to the entire case. It can carry on with its usual steps along the way while the parties try mediation at any point in the case. One last point, something I hear from people all the time. Why would I try mediation and spend money on that when I have already invested in a court case? I will let the judge decide. Mediation will be a waste of money if we're not successful in settling, and I will have spent money to get nothing. This is my response. If this is your approach, I understand it, but as a family law lawyer and a family mediator, I do not agree with it for your sake. Why don't I agree? Because mediation allows you to participate in creating plans and making decisions for you, for your kids, decisions about your future. When you go to court and when you give the judge the power to make those decisions, you are essentially saying you prefer a stranger to make decisions about you and possibly your kids. You are saying, here judge, I'm handing this over to you. You decide. Sometimes there is no other choice. You have to have a judge involved. But in many, many cases, you do not. Trust me when I say you should work hard, you should do all you can to avoid a judge making decisions in your case. Not because judges don't know what they're doing, that is not true. And not my point at all. My actual point is that you should make every effort, take every opportunity available to retain some autonomy, some control over your future and that of your children. You should consider mediation to resolve your issues with your spouse because that process, unlike court, allows you to craft solutions with the other side. Creative solutions arrived at through consensus, agreement, not decisions imposed on you and the other side by the court, which is essentially what a court order is, a decision by a stranger about what will happen next. Sometimes a necessary decision, but in Many cases there was another option, and that is mediation. Because resolving all of the issues through dialogue, by agreement, without an expensive, drawn out battle, expensive not only in terms of money, but also emotionally draining, is the key to a sane split. Thank you for listening. I hope you will tune in again. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me through my website, separationinontario.com. Subscribing to the podcast through your favorite app will make future episodes available to you automatically. Signing off for now.